When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Wednesday, July 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the uh, Guardians had Jose Ramirez at the plate in the final at-bat in the All-Star game last night with a chance to tie the game or uh, send it into a, a home run derby shootout. And uh, Jose uh, strikes out with two men on against Craig Kimbrell from the, the Phillies uh, to end the All-Star game. Uh, but before that, you know, a pretty good night for Jose. He had a double in his previous at bat, uh, played a little in the field after the sixth inning. Uh, all around a, a, a solid night for Jose. Just uh, you, you sort of were, were left wanting a little more after that last at bat, knowing that, you know, Jose wanted uh, wanted to do a little more there uh, at the, the end, uh, especially to, to come through for the American League after uh, the place was an electric factory with Julio Rodriguez walking in front of him. Yeah, that was uh, a huge at bat. If uh, Jose uh, gets a hit there, uh, either ties it up or, or wins it. I mean, uh, you know, he's the MVP. He's the, uh, he's an All Star Game MVP. You know, kind of another uh, another uh, medal for his chest, so to speak. And uh, but I love the uh, his first at bat, Joe. That double he drove into left center field. You know, the announcers were paying him all these props that he can handle any kind of fastball and and he, and Jose came through just like he usually does and he loves he loves the all-star game Joe yeah he he really does uh really loves hitting that's his uh his fifth all-star game hit uh in five uh appearances in the game i think uh since he made his first appearance in 2017 uh he has five total hits in in all-star games uh no other player in that span has more than 3 uh, so, uh, you know, really nice to see Jose collecting hits. I, I think overall he's slashing 556, 556, 667, uh, in, in all-star games. So, you know, uh, it's a solid, uh, you know, OPS over, over 11. And, um, you know, it, it's just, you get sort of, I, I think we get, sort of take for granted, uh, you know, seeing him perform every day the way that we do. Uh, just how good he is compared to other superstars in the league. He gets out there, and no moment is is too big for him. Yeah, I remember uh, 2017. The All Star Game was in Miami, and he, this was when he was he was having a great first half, and uh, he he came, came and uh, you know he was he was a starting third baseman, 
And, uh, you know, first two at-bats, he just singled the right field. And it looked like, you know, it was a, a July game in Cleveland. You know, he just looked so natural. And, and you just, you know, he rose to the moment. And uh, that was really cool. It was, uh, you know, I'm, it looks like he enjoys that. He, you know, he knows he's one of the best players in baseball. And uh, he keeps proving it. So uh, good for Jose. I, I just wish he would have, you know, come through in the ninth inning. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, Craig Kimbrell is uh, is a pretty tough opponent for sure. Yeah, for as for as much as it looked like Kimbrell was sort of uh, teetering on the brink there and, and one more, uh, you know, the next pitch he was going to somebody was going to get to him. Uh, uh, Kimbrell, what, climbed the ladder with a 93 mile an hour fastball and Jose couldn't get on top of it, couldn't lay off. Yeah, uh, but but there were a couple of pitches in that at bat, you know, I thought that were pretty good takes for Hosey. Uh, so, you know, again, we 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 sort of get spoiled watching uh, his at bats sometimes. Uh, but, you know, this is just another example of the the best in the game sort of facing off against each other. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get them, sometimes they get you. Uh, but again, it, it would have been really neat to watch uh, Jose in that moment uh, if he'd come through. Uh, again, the, the the whole All Star experience is really so, something that's geared for for Jose. The red carpet experience. I don't know if you saw the the video or the photos from from Jose and his sort of entourage walking the uh, the red carpet uh, prior to uh, the game. And so much fun. Uh, this is a a guy who, you know, he doesn't say much. He doesn't uh, you know do much. Uh, you know, but just to see him experience that whole thing and you know, walking with his strut and all the fashion and all that. It's, it's sort of a moment that was made for him. Yeah, definitely. He likes, uh, the red carpet thing is cool. And, uh, I like, I like watching all those players, their families, their wives and their kids. And then they, they go through the, they have the parade with the cars and everything too. So yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. And uh, I'm sure Jose, uh, enjoyed it. You know, that's a long flight uh to uh from cleveland to seattle but uh you know that's worth it when you when you when uh i think it's just worth it to be in that same locker room with all your peers the best players in the game are there and you're one of them so that's got to be a great feeling well speaking of uh, the best players in the game and being their peers and and all that uh prior to uh first pitch and and during an interview on the field with mlb network uh, Shohei Otani, who's pretty much the presumptive uh, AL MVP right now, uh, having an amazing season. And Otani, uh, the guy that everybody was there to see, all the rumors swirling about him, and, and as as far as you know, are the Angels going to trade him before the deadline, and and what's going on there? Uh, Otani's on the field. He was asked who he was most looking forward to sharing the the American League dugout, the the All Star dugout with. Uh, during the game and his answer was Jose Ramirez so uh, he said that in, in his uh, interpreter said that Shohei has interacted with Jose during games uh, you know before games and and when they've been opponents and but when they were teammates in, in the all-star game that's the guy that he sort of wanted to sit by and there were there was video of the two of them sitting next to each other in the dugout uh, he said Jose's a funny guy they talk they talk baseball uh, when they communicate, you imagine, you know, we've we've watched Jose, uh, you know, and we know that he can he can speak English, you know, and speak and understand pretty good. Uh, and and Otani's pretty decent uh, as well. But I, I got to imagine the two of them talking to each other has to be a lot of, uh, you know, pointing and smiling uh, to, to to start with. The international language of baseball, Joe, I remember um, 
Jose coming into the uh, locker room one day and saying hello to somebody in Japanese. So I don't know <laughs> if he's got like a third language or not, you know. So it, you know, it would not hiding. surprise me one bit. Yeah, yeah he's hiding something from us. <laughs> I and like you said though when it ta- when you're talking about baseball you don't even really need to you know have have the the, the language barrier isn't there it's uh you know they they see what's going on in the field they translate that back and forth it's uh it, that kind of communication is sort of innate and I think uh you know you're talking about two of the best in the game right now uh sitting there doing that of course Otani is what 64 65 and yeah. and Jose is all 59 so uh, the two of them probably look like a semicolon standing next to each other, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun uh, just thinking about the possibilities and that and that sort of opens up the possibilities when when that video was tweeted out and uh, you know it, it was sort of I, I believe retweeted by the uh, the Guardians uh, social media crew uh, that Otani uh, said this about Jose Ramirez immediately the fans uh, jumped to the conclusion that well that's it the Guardians are trading for Jose are, are, are trading for Shohei Otani so that the two of them can can be in the same lineup here in Cleveland. Uh, what do you make of uh, Guardians fans wishful thinking about uh, making a trade for Shohei Otani? I'm, I'm right with them, Joe. Let's make that deal right <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Could you imagine that? Uh, Otani, he takes care of your problem in the rotation. Then he takes care of the problem uh, on offense in the middle of the lineup. What a run producer that would be. I know you only get him for two months, right? You're only renting right. him. But, <laughs> but I don't know what you'd have to give up. <laughs> I'm not well, sure. The only, well, the only problem that I, that my mind jumps to uh, when I think about Cleveland acquiring Shohei Otani is the problem that we would have with the flood of Japanese reporters who would now require uh, extra space in our, in our press box for every single game, because uh, even, even middle of July games with Shohei Otani are overrun with, uh, you know, hundreds of reporters uh, that, that follow baseball for Japan. Uh, just uh, it's a circus every time. Uh, of course, uh, that's not even having to do with anything on the field. Uh, you know, like you said, he, he plugs a spot in your rotation. he, uh, you know, takes over as the DH and gives you, uh, you know, 30 plus home runs already at the at the break. Uh, what would this lineup look like with with Shohei Otani in the lineup? Oh, my goodness. You've got what? You've got Jose in the number three spot. Then you'd have, uh, you know, uh, Josh Naylor in the number four. Uh, or you could have, uh, you know, you could I, put. No, uh, I would. You know, you're right. I would put Otani, too. I would I would bat Otani second in front of Jose and, and have Jose protect Otani. Wow. Wow. Think about that. Think about that. Quan, Otani, Ramirez, Naylor at the top of your order. Yeah, and then oh, uh, then you go uh, then Josh Josh Bell maybe or Andres Jimenez. Well, you'd have to find a place for Josh Bell. Uh, yeah, he, he right. Couldn't right. be a DH, so I mean he might be the odd man out. Uh, but you've got to put Rosario in there somewhere, and yeah. uh, after all those left-handed bats, uh, you know five, six, seven somewhere for. Um, uh, Rosario and Jimenez, and then uh, Brennan Straw and Naylor. Yeah, wow. So that's a lot of left-handed hitters. It's <laughs> a lot of left-handed bats in that lineup. <laughs> that's a Manny Acta lineup when yeah. Manny Acta was was a manager here. But that's a little more pop than Manny had. So God, that would be unbelievable. And and imagine if that lineup you know connects and starts to uh, you know hit its stride in the second half. You're, you're talking. What forty six wins in the second half last year? You, you maybe you get fifty wins in the second half this year. Woof. 
so so yeah, it's all wishful thinking because you know, you can't make the logistics work. What would what would the Angels demand in return for two months of Shohei Otani? Well, well, you know they'd be after their young pitchers. You know, Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, and I don't think Cleveland gives those guys up for two months of even uh, no matter how good Otani is because you're not you're not keeping Otani. So uh, what, Shane Bieber maybe? Mm-hmm. Shane Shane Bieber and uh, George Valera, somebody like that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you would definitely have to give up Shane Bieber. You would definitely have to give up one of the the young sort of core, maybe a Joey Cantillo even. A uh, guy who hasn't made his uh, his debut yet, but uh, you know is starting to get closer and closer. Is uh, maybe a, a you know early next year would be a, a timetable for for Cantillo. So you know I, I would think Shane Bieber, Joey Cantillo, and you know uh, you mentioned Valera, but even a uh, even a Brian Rocchio, if uh, um, yeah. if the Angels were looking for a position player to to throw into that mix. Uh, that would be a, a very high demand for uh, just two months of Otani. But if you get Otani and you put him in this lineup, and I am, by don't make no mistake, I'm not saying that this is even a, a consideration or, or anything that could even possibly happen. Uh, if you get that, what are your expectations if you're the Guardians, if you bring Otani in? Is it just win the Central or is it win the Central and go deep? Or is it uh, are your expectations even higher than that? Yeah, I think you, your expectations got to be beyond the AL Central. You're talking about a deep run into October, maybe get to the World Series. I mean, this this is the move you make, right? If you're, right. I mean, and this and, is the there, nobody can make a bigger move than this, right? And and that's the, it's exactly the kind of move that this front office is not known for making. You know what I mean? It's not the the go for it all now at all costs big move. Uh, at, at the deadline, the, this front office is is more uh, sort of used to or more predictably going to make a, a, mo- a move that they, they sort of thread the needle on both sides. They they acquire players that they think will help them now, but they also acquire uh, prospects and depth and, you know, guys that they think will help them in, in, the, in the future following years uh, after a deal like this. That's why you're still feeling repercussions of. Uh, the the Mike Clevenger trade two to three years later. That's why, uh, you know, two to three years after the Trevor Bauer deal, uh, you know, they still had guys like Framil Reyes on the roster. Uh, they they not only make a move that that impacts the the here and now, they make a move that uh, sort of helps them set them up for the future and gives them a, a direction sort of in that regard. Yeah, uh, you know, the what well, the last uh, the last really kind of. Big big move they made. Well, Andrew Miller, right? That was mm-hmm. that was a that was right. a big move, and they were you know they were much. I think they were better positioned then to uh, make a deep run than they are now. Um, but and they gave they were what gave up four guys there. But they yeah you're right, Joe. They don't they they are not going to mortgage the future for for a move like that. They've always Chris Antonetti always has the future, you know, what this club is going to look like 3 4 5 years down the road. He always has that in mind when they make moves. Now, in terms of prospect capital, uh, you know, they're they're pretty much in the same similar position to what they were in 2016 when they made that Andrew Miller move. Uh but I just I have a feeling that they're they're just not going to be willing to part with some of those upper uh, you know, tier uh, pitching prospects that everybody is looking at and saying, you know, these are the guys that 
you know, we want to try and pry away from Cleveland's organization. You know, it's great so. baseball talk, though, isn't it? Jeez, oh, man. Oh, it's, it's, always, <laughs> it's always fun to think about. And uh, all right, uh, speaking of baseball talk, we'll, we'll also we'll, we'll, we'll clear this up right now. The uniforms that the, uh, the <laughs> both sides were wearing last night, uh, are you here for it? Or, or would you like to see the, uh, the Major League Baseball have the All-Stars wear their, their team's uniform out on the field? Uh, like when they were in Cleveland in 2019, they wore a, everybody wore a similar cap. But uh, the the uniform, the rest of the uniform was their own team's uniform. Uh, there in Seattle, they had the the green jerseys uh, for the the American League and the the dark pants for the the National League. I uh, you know just uh, a lot of uh, it was very polarizing. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I I, I did not like the National League unis. I, I thought they looked like they were wearing their, their pajamas. I, I kind of I didn't mind uh, the American League uniforms, the green, the emerald green. I guess maybe because what Emerald City is that maybe I don't right, know. Yeah, and, very yeah, very similar to the the Seattle colors and the you know what they wear anyway. So, but uh, I, I kind of I like I like when they wear their old uniform when the players wear their own uniforms. I kind of I think that's kind of cool. And it makes the uh, I think it makes the the team photo even even better, you know, uh, when they, they were all standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And, you know, every other one has a has a pinstripe or, you know, the the Royals uniform is is powder blue or uh, that kind of thing. I, I think that kind of looks a, a little more unique than um, the, you know, tr- each city trying to put their stamp on uh, their all star game. Uh, again, like I said, when they were in Cleveland, it was it was that way, it, and I thought it looked pretty neat. So, uh, you know, eh, maybe they'll they'll take notice of that. So the two the two big changes we want to see in the All Star Game next year, uh, where where they, they you know suggestions from from us as far as the podcast here, uh, take the kids out of the outfield during the the home yes. run derby so that kids don't get hit in the head with line drives, and uh, make sure the uniforms are the uh, the team's original unis that. Uh, that would be uh, interesting. I uh, want to mention subtext to all of our listeners right now. Uh, you can log on to cleveland.com slash subtext or send a text message to 216-208-4346. Uh, the subscription service is, uh, is $399 a month uh, to get texts directly to your phone from Hoinsey and myself uh, about everything going on uh, at the All-Star Game, behind the scenes, what the rotation is going to be like coming out of the break. Uh, what the Guardians have to do to to win the AL Central, and what we're hearing uh, right after Tito's press conferences every day. Uh, you get it first on subtext, so sign up and, and follow along with us. We we'll look forward to, to communicating with you there. Uh, the Guardians uh, wrapped up their uh, third day of the, the MLB draft, and uh, a lot of the, the same, they, they went back to their familiar uh, – MO in, in terms of who they were drafting a lot of college pitchers on that last day. And uh, they, they took another catcher, right? Lindsay? Yeah, Joe, they took uh, 10 players, you know, rounds 11 through 20 to wrap up the draft. Uh, the final count was four high school pitchers, four college pitchers, uh, a catcher and, uh, and an outfielder. So, um, you know, that, that was the uh, 10 players and the, the the first, the first player they took was a catcher, Johnny Tickner, Tincher, from the University of Washington. Um, you know, so uh, interesting because their first pick was uh, uh, 
was a catcher as well. That Ralphie boy, uh, Ralphie of Velasquez. Velasquez. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that name, Ralphie. You know, yeah. you, you're, you you're going to have a lot hunt? of fun with that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> So, but I, I guess, you know, that this, this guy's a, a really a good two-way player, Tickner, mm-hmm. um, uh, good defense, good offense, um, and uh, really, uh, you know, kind of a clubhouse presence, you know, Paul Gillespie was saying, uh, you know, really a big time leader. And I think he said the same thing about Ralphie, didn't he, uh, yep. uh Joe? Yeah, that was, uh, that was the, really the selling point that, uh, you know, for, for Ralphie was, you know, positionally, he's not necessarily a, a, a guy who, you know, might stick behind the plate. He could go, you know, a couple of different directions, but as far as his, his clubhouse presence and his ability to lead, I think is something that they, they sort of uh, liked and respected. So uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Tickner, uh, five foot eight, 170 pounds. Uh, so uh, a little bit different than the six foot three, 215 pound, uh, uh, high school kid that they drafted at the top of the uh, the draft, but uh, like you said, uh, you, they they took a couple of high school pitchers, uh, a handful of them, but uh, still, uh, you know, five six more, um, you know, uh, college pitchers, uh, kind of interesting. They're uh, the University of Texas. They get a right-hander Zane Morehouse uh, out of Texas. Um, they get uh, yeah, then know, uh, Kyle Scott from Lackawanna College. Uh, mm-hmm. Then uh, they took uh, you know, Matt uh, Jacka from Indiana State. Uh, then um, Josh uh, uh, Harlow from Mercer University. And, uh, you know, so those were the college pitchers. And the, the final total on the draft, Joe, they, um, they took uh, 21 players in the 20 rounds, three catchers, five high school uh, pitchers, seven college pitchers, Four right, four outfielders, and two uh, two shortstops. Oh, yeah. So uh, interesting to follow, and 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 see how uh, you know if any of these guys uh, make the transition into the the farm system uh, this year, or how many of them are going to sit and you know uh, start uh, their pro careers next year. Uh, should be uh, really interesting to see where where some of these guys end up, and uh, we'll definitely follow that along uh, as we go. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll get back with you uh, uh, tomorrow as we sort of look ahead to the second half and, and what we're uh, going to expect there. Uh, should be uh, a, an interesting uh, finish to the week here as we, we get ready for the, uh, the, the stretch run for the Guardians uh, and, and their, their pursuit of another AL Central Division Championship. We'll uh, talk to you then. All right, Joe. 